Blog Talk Radio. Hello and greetings, everyone, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Psychic Inside Show. I'm your host, Joelle, also known as the Vibrarian, and I'm here to elevate you with information that I think that you will find interesting, informative, and ultimately helpful. We are on Blog Talk Radio on the Library Radio Network, and you can join the conversation tonight by calling us at 646-668-8988. We do have several callers already dialed in to listen. Welcome this evening. I appreciate your support of the show. If you want to make any comments or have any questions during the show, just press 1, and I will get to you as soon as possible as we're having our conversation. I'm also on a Facebook community. We call ourselves the Good Vibe Tribe, and you can connect with us at Facebook, and that is V as in victory, I-D-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N, the Vibrarian. I've got a Facebook page where I post lots of helpful information and articles. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter under the same handle as the Vibrarian. So you are welcome to connect with me, and we're going to continue to try to elevate and uplift each other. So tonight, our show, The Psychic Inside, every week we get a chance to talk to a person who has discovered their psychic abilities, and decided to follow the rabbit down the rabbit hole to see where it leads and have ultimately emerged on the other side using those gifts and abilities. Every week we feature a new person, and tonight our guest is Stacy Corbin. Stacy is an amazing reader, and I've had an opportunity to work with her a couple times. She's based here in the Atlanta area. And tonight we're going to talk with her about her journey, her psychic life, and then we are going to have an opportunity to experience an online uh, live reading. There was a promotion on our Facebook page where we ran a contest, and if you like to share the post, you have an opportunity to have your name drawn for a complimentary mini reading this evening. And so uh, we do have a caller uh, who is going to be listening during the show who will be brought on during the last segment to receive their reading, and we will all get an opportunity to hear this. So we get an opportunity to see what it looks like for someone to have or hear like (laughs) what it is to have a psychic reading. So, again, give us a call at 646-668-8988. And we'll get on with tonight's show. So, Stacy, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. I'm really so excited for you to be here tonight. How are you? Thank you. I'm I'm well. I'm excited to be here as well. <laughs> Have you ever done a radio show before about your your psychic ability? No. So this should be very interesting <laughs> for me and everybody else. <laughs> Well, I'm really thankful that you are willing to share your story with us. And what we see is that the word psychic and the whole area of, uh, I don't even know what you call it, esoteric, metaphysical conversations such as mediums and psychics, they used to be a lot more rare 
than it is now. We've got TV shows where people are giving psychic readings like Long Island Medium. We've got uh, tons of people on YouTube. We've got psychic fairs, and people are starting to understand that this is not necessarily some uh, super special, elite thing that only a few people have. I will say that a few people might follow the path to see what their abilities do, but I am of the belief that everyone is psychic. Would you agree with that statement, Stacey? Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's been a little sticky for me to say, well, I'm a psychic. Well, everybody is a psychic, but that's just the terminology that we use to say what we do. It's like I work as a psychic, but everybody's psychic, absolutely. Now, you said you work as a psychic. So being a psychic is your vocation at this particular time. You, you do this professionally, correct? Yes, absolutely. And I, I say that I work as a psychic because that's, what, that's the work I do as opposed to someone who is in touch with their intuition but doesn't use it for their livelihood, because as we said, everybody is psychic. Everybody has their intuitive gut instincts, and that's what we think it is. Well, just, I don't know, it's just a feeling I get without understanding that it's a psychic hit. So how do you define the word psychic? What, what is the way that you're using it as we're having this conversation? Um, something... Someone who is in tune with their, quote-unquote, sixth sense, someone who's in tune and understands how to connect to that whole higher realm of beings is, to me, a psychic. Someone that would call himself a psychic would have, I think, all that under wraps, as opposed to the way I used to be and just, I don't know, I just kind of felt something or I knew something and didn't understand where that came from. So a lot of times when you know people say, oh, I just used my, my feminine intuition, you know, or they uh-huh. say, well, you know, a mom, a mom just knows when something is wrong with her kids. Or I just had a yeah. gut feeling. So that's kind of how people label or describe when they're accessing a portion of our reality that has not commonly been seen as real. I mean, I I, I have to be honest about it. A lot of people will say, well, when you start talking about hearing guidance, they start to look at you funny and say, well, what do you mean (laughs) hearing guidance, right? (laughs) So Yeah, wait till... Wait till they learn that you can actually feel their guidance. (laughs) Okay, okay. So that's interesting. We will definitely be coming back to that. So, I mean, the psychic senses, as you talk about the sixth sense, that would be outside of your seeing, tasting, hearing, touching, what we commonly know as the five physical senses. But the sixth sense kind of encompasses then all of that that is more feeling and is seeing with your third eye or your inner eye or hearing with your inner 
ear or feeling with a sense that's not just I feel that this is hot or cold, I actually feel the emotion of something. Right. All of you that know, kind it's, of falls into the bucket. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of these things that we're not taught, most of us, I should say most of us are not taught to develop this part of our psyche. We're not taught to develop our psychic intuition. Everybody has it, and that's why mom says, hey, I just knew there was something wrong with my child. There's an intuition that each and every one of us have. Some of us get it in that knowing sense where we just know something. Um, Other people actually kind of get a little feeling in their gut. They get the butterflies, you know. Um, So everybody has that intuition, and that's why you'll find that some people call themselves intuitive readers. But if you're doing this for a living, you're a psychic. So you talk about doing it for a living. Have you always been a professional who has done psychic work, or did you have another career at one point in time? Well, I've always been a professional, but not a psychic. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I I didn't start doing readings until – Um, Actually, I didn't start doing readings as a professional psychic until four years ago. Prior to that, I had a very normal childhood. I went to college. I graduated. I got a job in corporate America. And I worked in corporate America for, I don't know, 20 years. You know, we start out way back when it was start out as a secretary or an administrative assistant, and you worked your way up doing whatever it was you did. And um, it wasn't until 2010 that I left corporate America. So I, I worked there for a long time doing all that corporate stuff, had no, no inkling that I would ever be doing psychic work for a living, let alone on a blog talk radio show talking about it. <laughs> so when you left corporate America, was it at a point that you were actually so busy doing your hobby psychic work that you decided to to leave? Or, like, what was the circumstances around your path yeah. to discovering your psychic abilities and, and then yeah. your, your um, corporate life? My path was, um, it was a little rocky. And I'll, I'll, it was just, it was rough. It was a rough path. Why I chose that for myself in this life, I'll have a discussion with later with my angels. Um, but I left corporate America because I just knew I couldn't be there anymore. And I was very unhappy where I was, what I was doing. And I spoke with my husband and he was tired of me coming home miserable and being unhappy. So we just made the decision that, you know, I would quit. And I really, I quit. I just walked away. I had nothing else to go to. I had no idea what I was going to do with myself. It still never struck me that I would be a psychic and do reading. I, I floundered for a couple months, and then I panicked. I thought, oh, my God, what did I do? I just walked away from a career. So um, I, I spent some time meditating, finding myself, what was it that I wanted to do. I went and I even did a couple part-time jobs because I thought, well, maybe it was the the stress of being in corporate America 40 hours a week and and doing this stuff, but it really wasn't. 
and it wasn't until I stepped away and gave myself that time that I discovered that I really, my passion was to help people. That's what I've wanted to do since I was a child and realizing that I could do it through reading. I could do it through this type of counseling that I just started to, you know, go to these fairs that people know about to, to really get into it. And even then it took me a couple of years to really figure out that I could do this for a living and that's actually where I wanted to be. So now, when you left, a, well, so when you left corporate America, when you were at that point of unhappiness, did you already know at that? Were you already doing some psychic discovery or at that time, or were you co- completely not even into the, the field yet? No, I had. I have always been fascinated with the psychic world. I mean, I I think I was 20 when I got my first reading, and um, I used to go to school at Georgia State, and I used to take Marta down to Five Points, Little Five Points or Five Points Station, and I used to walk through underground to get to school. And there used to be a couple psychics sitting off on the side. They had, I don't know, like a psychic setup. There were two or three psychics, and Uh I would stop and get readings. I had palm readings done. I was always fascinated with it. So it was not like, you know, suddenly after corporate I went, hey, let's figure out what the psychic stuff is. Um, I, I had been introduced to Reiki somewhere, somewhere in my mid-30s. I was introduced to Reiki because I was having such a difficult time with my body that the chiropractors and naturopaths that I saw had no idea what to do with me. I, I knew I didn't need to go to a, a regular MD, that it wasn't going to help me. I didn't want to, you know, take drugs kind of thing. But I had food allergies, and my body wouldn't hold an alignment. I was going to the chiropractor three or four days a week, sometimes twice in the same day. And nobody could figure out what was wrong. I really, I was in such a state that I really thought my body was rebelling against me. Somehow my body and my brain weren't connecting. And I went through six or seven years of this, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. So thank God for the corporate job, because that helped pay for all these, (laughs) all these doctor visits and all these crazy things like acupuncture and Chinese herbs And I was told, you know, do yoga, go for walks. I did this this thing with this naturopath doing castor oil packs. I don't, I mean, it's crazy. It's castor oil, and you would put it on a heating pad, and you would lay it on your abdomen. They thought I had leaky gut syndrome. All these things. Mm -hmm. And my naturopath. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) So the last naturopath I went to, literally, I was sitting across from him, and he said to me, I just don't know what to do with you anymore, so why don't you go see this lady? So he gives me this business card, and I call this lady, and she does Reiki. I don't know what Reiki is. I have no idea what it is, never heard of it. And I said, but I'm willing to do anything. My God, I've done most everything. I'm willing to do anything to feel better, to find out what the problem was. So that was really my introduction about 15 years ago was really my introduction to there's something else out there and it's affecting me because I thought there was something else out there, but 
other people had to be special to do it, mm-hmm. as you were saying earlier. But I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's something affecting me, and I need to I need to know what it is. So my journey started about 15 years ago, and okay. I, you know, <laughs> it just progresses from there. <laughs> Well, real quickly for our listeners who don't know what Reiki is, could you give a brief uh, explanation? Uh, The briefest explanation is that it's a hands-on healing technique, okay? But a little bit longer explanation would be that you're channeling the universal energy. Everything is energy. Science has proved it. Everything's energy. A Reiki practitioner understands how to channel the universal energy through themselves and give it to their client, so that the client is getting the universal energy, it's healing energy, it's not the practitioner's energy. So it's a a healing energy. It's a healing process. And actually, I mean, I am a, a, a Reiki practitioner myself, and I met you through my Reiki teacher, Lucy Lee. Uh, she, when I was mm-hmm. receiving my training and my attainment, she said, I have a friend. I'm going to bring him over because they're also a Reiki master, and you can uh, practice. She'll be your guinea pig. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But it was a wonderful meeting and connection, you know, uh, at that time. So, um, well, and, don't you, and, and don't you just love that energy? I mean, once you – once you're exposed to the Reiki energy, isn't it just like falling in love? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I think that was what the thing that helped me most is realizing that I was doing energy of my own energy so much in what I was doing with people unknowingly. And I found that that was draining me. And when you learn Reiki, you learn to allow universal life force, as you said, the Reiki, to be, to do what it does, which is heal and right. move through you. And it was a lot less damaging, of course, for me. It was way positive of an experience when you're in all that energy. And I'm not practicing Reiki professionally. I'm using it just as a self-healing modality. But it certainly is an opportunity for people to go into that particular path of energy healing. Right. And it is a a wonderful thing, and I started doing it on myself, of course, and then friends and family, and it it became something for me that I understood that I would do on other people. Now, doing it on other people is not for everybody. Putting your hands in someone else's energy field and you know, doing this type of work is not for everybody, but it didn't bother me at all. I enjoyed it. And I found that while I was in their energy field that I could actually feel their pain in my body. And that was a bizarre thing, but I knew it wasn't me. And as soon as I acknowledged it, it went away, but it helped me to do Reiki on these people. I'd say more efficiently, and it's not quite correct because the Reiki energy is a smart energy. It goes where it needs to. But there's something about knowing where the pain is that works in my practice. So when you talk about feeling pain or feeling for an, um, what another person or thing energy has, that would be known broadly as empathy, correct? 
Right. Most people will refer to it as clairsentience. It's clear feeling, you know. Um, the empathy, the empathic level for me came when I realized that I can actually feel people outside of a Reiki session. I didn't realize I could do this. I thought, well, if I'm in a Reiki session, it made sense that I could feel them. That way it helps me. But I had no idea I was feeling energy and people outside of it in my regular everyday working life. Okay. It was a bizarre. And most, yeah, it was a bizarre. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, most of us think about the fact that we're told we should develop not sympathy for people, but we should develop our empathy in terms of a social skill. Like we should be able to put ourselves in another person's place to have a little more understanding and a little less judgment. But what you're talking have compassion. about is an actual, yes. So what you're talking <laughs> about is an actual physical sensation or emotional echo of what the yes. person is Yes. It's not learning how to be empathetic and compassionate isn't is a, a I'm going to call it an ego aspect because you're thinking about it. You think about their issues, you think about the problem, you think about how you would feel in that situation. It's very conscious, very egocentric and they you try to have compassion for somebody and understand that well, if you were in that position, you might have a hard time too. Mine goes way beyond that. It's not, it's not ego. It's not conscious. This is a very subconscious thing, and it's a physical thing for me. I will feel things in my body, and I have to okay. know if it's mine or not. So that was a huge learning lesson for me, and that was, to come back around, that was actually the reason why my body would not hold a chiropractic adjustment. I was taking at people's energy, and I had no idea I was doing it. I was, as they say, wide open, all this energy mm. flowing into me. I had no idea that I was doing it. Therefore, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't protect against it. All I did was feel pain, and it would knock my body out of alignment, and I was spending lots of money at the chiropractor, lots of money, lots mm. of time. That very, is very, very interesting. That's just very interesting because you're talking about an obvious symptom, an outward physical expression of something that for most people is um, a theoretical idea. But what you're saying is it was not theory that you were feeling things. Your body was literally showing the wear and tear of being battered about un controlledly by these things from other people outside of yourself. Right. You had said that you were unconsciously giving Reiki to people and it was exhausting you because it was physically taking a toll. And then when you learned Reiki, it's like, oh, this is much better because you're not using your energy. Well, people were, they would walk by me. I was in corporate America. They could walk by me. And unknowing to me, they could dump their energetic stuff on me. I remember one time very specifically that I went to uh, a cubicle of one of my coworkers and I came back to my cubicle and I was like, wow, I have a headache. When did this start? So 
I took Advil, and then I walked. I walked around a little bit, and it went away. I walked back to her cubicle like an hour or so later, and I got a headache again. And then I came back to my cubicle, and it was gone. And I thought, okay, this is this is one of these things I need to be very conscious of: is how do I feel before I move, and how do I feel after I've encountered somebody? So it was it was a very painful learning experience, a very expensive learning experience too. But mm. you don't want to take Advil for a headache that's not yours. You just want to acknowledge, well, that headache belonged to my coworker, and I release it to the heavens. You don't want to give it back to your coworker. So just you have to learn how to release this energy from your body because it's not yours. So I was when you just the last. Well, I was going to say, when you just said that image, I had a picture of from the movie The Green Mile when uh, Michael Clark Duncan's character has ingested all of this sickness out of the woman's body and, you know, he, right. he and then, mutes it out. And, of course, the movie shows yep. digital graphics, but he transmutes that away from him. And when he was unsuccessful in doing that, it actually – you know, he said, I'm not long for this world, boss. And I'm not like, he knew he was physically sick because he could not get rid of that sickness that he had taken on from yeah. someone else. Yeah. It's, that's a very graphic representation, but it, it is the, it's, a, it's a good representation of kind of what I have to do when I encounter energy that's not mine. And I've been working on learning how to be an empath for about five years. It is not an overnight process. It is not something I don't know that I'll ever be totally have a grip on it, but it's much better when you're learning about who you are, especially when you had no idea that this was happening. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know what started it, except maybe that it was my, my time in the universe to learn about stuff like this and then eventually make the switch. Cause you know, I was not in a car accident. Nothing major happened to me. I, I don't know what, except maybe in my contract with the universe, it was time for me to figure out who I was. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have a caller that is on hold that has said that they want to come on and have a question for you. Uh, caller ending in phone number 5252. I have you on the air with the Psychic Inside Show. Did you have a question for Stacey? Sure. It's so funny that everything you guys are saying, I'm kind of experiencing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I kind of have two things. I think she got cut off when she was talking about uh uh, when she was getting um, uh, doing the acupuncture and um, the castor oil, and then she went to Reiki because I'm kind of dealing with fibroids, and those are some things I was I was I'm trying to shrink them. Okay. That was that like one of your issues, or you know, it's interesting you say that. I didn't bring any of that up um, because. Energy affects each one of us so differently, but I will tell you that I just about, I don't know, eight months ago, I had a hysterectomy because my fibroids were huge. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Now, you know, not giving out medical advice, but your fibroids are in your sacral chakra area, 
Your sacral mm-hmm. chakra deals with um, sex, money, production, yeah. and life. You know, I mean, that's the life-giving yeah. aspect. Okay, that's yeah. that's where it is. And I know from my own experience that you have blood flow to that area. You can't help but have it, and the blood flow is actually what's growing your fibroids. Why you got fibroids could be any number of things. And, you know, that's something you should just talk to your doctor about. But that is not why I did all the stuff I did. Okay. Because those are, you know, those are some of the treatments that they say to do. Oh, okay. That's very interesting because I actually never got treated. I actually never got treated for fibroids. No doctor ever told me I had them until I found uh, a a women's specialist who dealt with, say, issues over 40, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she told me, yeah. she said, well, you, you can go on the pill, you can do other things, but when you're ready, we'll just take them out. They were that big. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, I thought, I thought to myself, well, I'm done being in pain, so... Um, according yeah. to Louise, according to Louise Hay, if you don't mind me bringing this in, um, she said fibroid tumor, tumors are a blow to the feminine ego. So you can just take that and mull over that, and if it makes sense to you, that's great. Yeah, I have her. Book. Louise, I have her. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I was going to chime in with her book for the rest of our listeners. Uh, Louise Hay is authored this book, uh, like, You Can Heal Your Life, I think is the mm-hmm. basic title. And she kind of outlines the energetic issue that corresponds to pain or illnesses as they affect specific parts of the body. So you can read through this book and look at her charts and things. And she's not the only author who has done it, but she's certainly one of the most well-known and, you know, she would say, like, your shoulder, if you have a pain in one shoulder, it's that you have a lot of responsibilities that you're feeling burdened by. I, re- I remember that one just from my personal studies. But uh, it certainly is very interesting because they say that the word disease is really dis-ease. You know, like it, it's a signifier of your physical self of a spiritual, uh, spiritual or energetic underlying issue. And one thing I will yeah, say about like, yeah, so, I, I let me go ahead, Stacey. Call if you just hold one minute, Stacey. Go ahead and finish. What so you're I was just going to say, there's there is something that we need to make sure everybody knows about. You can, I love Louise Hay, and the book is great, but saying the mantra is just the start because you have to figure out what it is that caused you to have the unhealthy thought which caused the disease in the body. So it's not just about, oh, well, here's a mantra I can say every day, and then you, you whitewash everything else. You have to get down to the nitty-gritty of what, what thought process you had to get it out and heal it. Right. And you certainly totally also want to make sure that you do consult your doctor. None of this is substitution for seeking the appropriate medical evaluation from your health care professional. So I do want to state that very loudly and clearly. 
a companion. You know, I don't think you should just go to a doctor, and I don't think you should just go to a, a, a psychic or energetic healer. I think it's very complementary, and we're in a place now where there's a holistic kind of way that people are approaching themselves. When you see that Cancer Treatment Centers of America offers on-site Reiki as a complement and even nutrition, like vegan and nutritional diet help for their chemo and cancer treatment patients, that is kind of where we're heading in terms of our, our future looking at the body is an integrated approach. And I personally am very, very happy about that, you know. It's very exciting, very exciting that the medical field is is recognizing that it's more than just science. There's a whole, there's a whole physical being that needs to be taken care of. Your mind, your body, and your soul all need to be on board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, What is your name? um, My name is Katie. Katie, thank you so much. I hate to just call you taller. Did you have another question? (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually calling about my career. Career. Um, I've been hired as a, I guess it's kind of like a temp. Is Hmm? this a question that would be like a reading uh, question? Well, what kind of question? Okay, what kind of questions are we asking? Right now we're in the portion where we're getting to know a little bit more about safety psychic life. And we would do a reading later at the end of the show that would be personal. But I will say that we have selected one person already for the reading this evening. Oh, so it would be a question about her? So it would be a question about her. Okay, well, well, the the whole thing you were saying about the stuff you're going through, um, Mm -hmm. someone wanted to get me Reiki, and I kept not showing up for my Reiki appointment for some reason. And she kept saying, um, maybe I had an issue, maybe I should learn it. And because she was like, maybe I have a problem with receiving, but I'll enjoy giving. So um, she does yoga too with it. Like she has a yoga Reiki class and it's really good, but I didn't, um, they, they're offering classes, but um, how do you feel like that changed your life or like once you started doing it? Oh, Reiki for me was a huge eye opener because it was my first path into understanding that I'm an empath, not just someone who's in touch with their psychic self. Reiki, for most people, will raise their vibration. You raise your vibration just a little bit. So it can help you get out of situations in your life that maybe you're stuck in. And Mm -hmm. Reiki, especially level one, doing it on yourself, it's so warm and wonderful. And it's that personal me time that you give yourself that I would recommend for almost anybody in the world to get a Reiki level one just because you work on yourself. Reiki level one, you're supposed to be working on yourself. You're not supposed to touch anybody else because you have to heal mm-hmm. yourself before you can really move on. So okay. I would say it was a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing if you want to do it. The other thing I must say is only do something if you're drawn to it. Yes. I've had a lot okay. of people. There's a lot of metaphysical stuff out there. Yeah. And you know, people always want you to, oh, well, learn this and learn that. If you're not drawn to it, then it's really not going to work all that well for you because, you know, it's just a thing that you did, but you won't, you won't utilize it. So I get what you're saying, if you're yeah. drawn, 
yeah, if you're drawn to it, do it. You can always go get a book and read about it first if you wanted to. There are plenty of books out there about Reiki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I thank you for your call, uh, your question. I'm going to put you back on hold. If we're going to continue on. And, and okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. She'll be giving her contact information, so you are absolutely encouraged to reach out to Stacey if you want to continue with a more personal conversation because she is amazing. I could attest to it. So thank you so much <laughs> for your question. <laughs> thank you. Oh, oh the question. Sometimes, Stacey, you know, what's interesting is that we hear about things, and because, like I had heard of Reiki, but it's a you know it's spelled R E I K I, and I think right. I heard of it probably in '99, so it was even less common than it is now. And there's a fear, to be quite honest, when you start dealing with the realm of spiritualism and energy, there is a lot of collective fear in our present society that is, I think, based on some outmoded belief systems, but people can say, well, I've heard people say this, well, I'm a Christian, I can't do yoga, you know, and, <laughs> or, you know, I just don't know about that because uh, Reiki, I don't know anything about it, it sounds like it could be uh, opening the door to the devil. And I say that facetiously, but I've heard and had conversations with people about I'm this. sure you and have. <laughs> I mean, it's really interesting because now, like, my parents and my father's a traditional Christian ministry is retired now, but a few years ago, they started doing chair yoga at the YMCA, and it, it was wow. very interesting to hear my mom talk about Shavasana, you know, the time at the end of, of yoga, because I just never thought that they would have embraced it as okay because there was an idea at one point in time that it wasn't. And there are a lot of things in the area of spiritualism that used to be hidden, secret, shameful. You know, if if you walked around and told me I can feel people's emotions and energies, 50 years ago you probably would have ended up in an institution. And a lot of women were said to be very sensitive. Oh, they're very frail and fragile. She's emotionally frail. I think it was a whole lot of psychic women who were uh, didn't have a place to express their gifts and abilities and were either institutionalized or could not cope. You know, if you're getting a headache every time you walk by someone's office and it, your, your spine won't hold an alignment and your body is breaking down, had it not been for this modern era, you too could have had a different pathway. Oh, for sure. I, You know, if it wasn't for Eastern medicine invading our world the way it has, our Western medicine world, I'm sure I would be on a half a dozen drugs to, you know, make it okay to, to whitewash everything. But thank God that the Eastern medicine finally invaded the Western medicine, and I I love that we should and can now work together to help heal all these things. I I don't know of the 1950s, but you hear the stories of the, the, the housewives and the women, like you were saying. And I think for a large part, they didn't have an outlet for anything of who they were because they were 
expected to fit a mold. Psychics were expected to fit a mold. You had to look a certain way. You had to be a certain way. Basically, you were weird if you were a psychic, and you weren't normal. And I put little air quotes around normal. Right. You know, so, yeah, so I think anybody who did, you know, astrology or, my God, numerology, you know, 40, 50 years ago, it's just like, don't tell anybody. They're going to put you, they're going to lock you up somehow, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Times have definitely mm-hmm. changed, and I, I believe it's changed for the better because more of these things are becoming normal, everyday conversation. Right. Now, you're on, this is the Psychic Insight Show, and my name is Joel. I'm on this evening with Stacey Corbin, who is the empath, clairvoyant, psychic, and we're getting to hear insights about your fascinating uh, journey. Stacey, our phone number is 646-668-8988. And if you have a question during the show about anything we're talking about conversationally, please hit the one button. And I will definitely try to get to you to ask a question. We also uh, have a Facebook community, uh, The Vibrarian. You can look for it and join our community of other people who are open to the extra dimensions that are all around us and having conversations that hopefully are uplifting all of us and helping us to see that uh, normal, as you say with air quotes, there's really no such thing, that all of us are walking a very unique experience and there are common threads that we can find amongst all cultures and people and experiences. And this show is intended to show some of that. So, Stacey, I really am appreciating you sharing, uh, you know, a very painful and kind of intimate space of your journey with our callers and listeners this evening. What is I would the like normal to know. <laughs> the normal woo-woo. The normal Yeah. <laughs> What I would like to know, okay, so if a person starts to say, you know what, I think I might be empathic, what does, what's a little checklist if you had to say for someone to see, you know, some people say, oh, you're just sensitive, you know, uh, what, how does one begin to explore what their empathy might be, how it might be affecting them negatively or positively? Okay. Um, I don't have, like, you know, a technical checklist, but I can tell you some things that were happening to me that now sitting here today, it's very easy to look back and see that I was being affected by other people's energy. I had no idea at the time, though. So um, one of the things that used to happen to me was that I would, if I was in a conversation with somebody, I would... Um, let's say uh, reply. Oh God, I don't know how to explain this. It, if I was in a conversation with somebody and it, and a third person came in, you know, you're in conversation, and you just reply without thinking, without knowing what you're saying, but it's a reply that's not appropriate to you and your personality. Chances are that one of the other people you're talking to, their energy is affecting you and, and you're replying. And I, I have no idea how that sounds to anybody else. I just know it used to happen to me. I would say things that were totally out of my character. So, okay, were, that's one thing. Were the people, 
were the people you were talking with aware that it was totally out of character or you were? The The comment that would come out of my mouth and the way it would come out would be totally out of character for me. Me, Stacy, the, the Stacy they knew. And that's because one of the other people, their energy was affecting me to say it that way and to say those words. It's, it's kind of complicated. So, but that was one of the things that was absolutely happening to me all the time. The other thing is if you find that you have physical aches and pains in your body that are not consistent, if they move around your body, Take a look at who you're with when you start to hurt or who you've been with when you start to hurt. A lot of times it's not until you leave a situation that you get the physical pain because when you're still in that situation, your energies are kind of meshed up together. But when you leave, if you take a part of their energy with you and you feel pain, you might feel it in your knee when you're talking to your sister You might feel it in your back when you're talking to your best friend. If parts of you start to hurt right after you've gotten off the phone with somebody, you should probably start looking into reading books about being an empath. But because I'm a feeler, I'm sorry, because I'm a feeler, for me, most everything is feeling. Now, are you feeling like, uh, like you said, if your knee starts to hurt when you leave your sisters, would that be the fact that your sister's knee is hurting and you're absorbing that energy? Not, ne- not okay. No, not necessarily. And it's it's not a clear cut answer. It could be that yes, her knee hurt, and the pain transferred directly to your knee. It could also be that she's not moving forward in life, and that's what your knees sort of represent is is the flowing movement. Think about what the physical knee does in your leg. Without it, it'd be a little difficult to walk. It's a little hobbly. So your knee bends and it flexes. If your sister is being inflexible about something, their negative energy that they're carrying about it can happen in your knee because that's the part of the body that represents the flexibility of moving forward. So it's not a one-for-one situation. And it certainly doesn't sound like it's an easy thing then to um, begin to understand about what is happening to you. Because you're talking about you've got to figure out, is it yours in the first place? And then you've got to see, okay, what is the source? I guess is it you you only kind of have to look at the source issue if you feel like it, because it's somebody else's. Thing. Right. So it is. It is not. A, it is not a pleasant way sometimes to move through this world because you're feeling other people's energy. Okay. But you know, it's the path I chose, so I'm working it, and I'm really okay with it. But for anyone else who who just doesn't want to get as deep as I have in it, the first thing is you have to think to yourself: Well, did my knee hurt before I talked to her? Did my knee hurt at any point? When did my knee start to hurt? See if you can pin that down. And then you can say, you know what? This energy is not mine. I release it to the universe. You don't have to figure out why the pain is in your knee. You don't, fig- you don't even have to figure out whose it is. You could be out with a bunch of friends and come home with some aches and pains and say, okay, you know what? I wasn't bowling, so there's no reason why my right shoulder should hurt. So this is not my pain. This is not my energy. And angels, 
always just call on your angels and say, angels, please take this pain. I release it to you because you have to release the energy. So say to them, I release this energy to you. Please take it away. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to know any more than that about it. Now, for what I choose to do, which is be a psychic, and what I choose to do is doing Reiki on other people, I do look into why it because this is part of how I help my clients heal. Because just taking their pain away is not enough. You have to figure out why you got the pain in the first place. And that's exactly what I said to Katie. Figure out why you have this in the first place. You have to heal the reason, not just the cause or the, okay. the uh, symptom. It doesn't sound like it. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I've actually heard that a lot of people who are highly empathic wind up being very uh, reclusive or uh, what some people would say antisocial, but being in, like, large crowds, uh, from what I understand, can actually be very challenging for people who are strongly empathic. So do you have a sensitive to large energy fields? I I despise large crowds. I'm sorry. I am one of those introverts that you talk about, okay? When I was in corporate, when you change positions in the job, you actually had to go get um, essentially it was a Myers-Briggs test. So anyone in psychology knows a Myers-Briggs test, and they call it a Helms-Greco test when I did it. And it was basically a personality assessment. At the end of this, you know, 50 or 100-word questionnaire, this psychiatrist looks at me and he says, you are the most extroverted introvert I've ever met. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I am an introvert in the sense that I love my space. I love my, my quiet time. I love to be in my office because it's, the energy is just so soothing to me. My house is my uh, fortress. And very few people come over because I want the energy to stay just the way it is, just nice and homey. It's very comfortable for me, okay? Do I go out with friends? Absolutely. Do I, do I go to clubs anymore? No. I don't know how I did that in my 30s and late 20s, going to clubs and going dancing, but that's a whole other story. Um, I don't like being in, uh, let's see, what would be a good one? Let's say my niece's graduation. I've had... One niece graduated from high school and college, so I went to two different graduations, and then my other niece graduated from high school. So those three times that I had to be in an arena, they, they rented out like Gwinnett Arena. So you have mm-hmm. six, seven, ten people from a family from every one of these graduates. Oh, it was horrible for me. It was the most exhausting times of my life. I cried through the entire thing. I had to actually leave the auditorium. And I know you're probably I know you're probably wondering. It's like, but it's a happy time. That's a wonderful time. Kids are graduating. Everybody, everybody's happy, right? I mean, God knows the kids are. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But any amount but it's, of it's strong, strong, it's it's strong energy. You think about when you're at a graduation. They tell you, parents, don't cheer. We just need to get through this. But they cheer anyway, right? So you have this six people from this family going. Whoa! And that energy flows across the auditorium and hits me in the face. And it just, 
hits me in my body. And it's so much because it's not just happening once. It's happening for 200 kids that I can't, I can't combat it fast enough. So I have actually left the auditorium after my nieces walked and I saw them do their walk. I leave and I sit outside for the rest of the graduation because I just, it's, it's way overwhelming. Now, you and I were talking in preparation for the show, and you shared with me something that happened to you uh, that was an empathetic experience, if you would share that with our audience as well. Oh, do you mean the car accident? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, sure. Well, I live in Atlanta, and people love to bang up their cars. So, yesterday... I was doing a very normal thing. I went to my dad's. We did some stuff. I was driving home, and the two cars in front of me decided to um, ruin their fenders and their quarter panels. So they get into this accident right in front of me. And as a psychic, and I don't know if this happens to other people. I think it's I think it's my psychic ability. I could see this accident. I knew it was going to happen. This is that knowing aspect. I could see that this was going to happen, but, you know, I can't do anything. So they impact. And when you have that type of traumatic experience, the energy collision is, is phenomenal, and it, it spreads out like a mushroom cloud to anything around it. Well, as an empath, being the car right behind them, that energy jumped into me. It did not go through me. It was in me. And it physically made me shake. And this is the second time that this has happened with a car accident. I literally shake to the point that I can't hold my phone to call 911. So mm. being, an, being an empath is not always fun and good because some people are sitting out there thinking, oh, wow, I would love to feel other people. Yeah, not so much. So mm. I got out of the, you know, I pulled over. And I got out of the car. I was to the point that I knew I could not call 911 because I couldn't hold my phone. But I also had no idea where I was. Now, I've, I've driven this route many, many times. I knew exactly what street I was on. But because their wave of energy hit me, it sort of takes over your body. And my rational thought wasn't there. And it's, it's a split second or a couple seconds that you're unclear of things, but the energy stayed in my body for a while. So I had to, I got out of the car, and I motioned to the cars behind me to call 911. And on very shaky legs, I walked over to the cars and asked if these ladies were okay. And um, it's sort of working through the process for me to help get rid of the energy. Cause in my mind, I'm going, this is not mine. This is not mine. I release it. This is not mine. I release it. There's a little mantra going on in my head. So you're, you're, you're multitasking in your brain because you're having this little mantra. This energy is not mine. I release it. And yet you're talking very coherently to this other person. Are you okay? So it's, it's a lot that happens at the time. Not a fun place for me to be. So if a person starts to suspect that they might be empathic because they have a, a resonance with the, the experiences that you're sharing, what would be your, you know, you and I have talked about um, you're going to be teaching a class actually here in the Atlanta area on 
grounding, clearing, and protecting your energy, which I would assume yeah. have to be essential skills for a person who is so strongly empathic like you. Absolutely. But Absolutely in the case essential. of that kind of emergency thing that happened, you didn't have time to ground, clear, or protect. So, so what, like, if you could say two helpful things or uh, just a very few, the most essential things that you could tell a person that they could start doing immediately beyond the I release this now kind of, kind of thing? Well, actually, I was grounded and protected, but sometimes the energy is so strong it hits you anyway. Because you think about when you're in an accident, there's panic, there's fear, there may be, these, this one didn't have it, but there might be slight injury or it's that disorientation that you get, like what just happened, especially if you're the passenger. So these are very strong negative emotions. So it, it gets through the protection. So being grounded was what helped me get rid of it so quickly. So I was grounded and for me, at this point, there's no way to actually turn it off completely at any given time. So learning how to deal with it and learning how to, yes, keep my energy field, your aura, keep your energy field as clean as possible. Keep it with white light. Keep it protected. Keep yourself grounded. Keep yourself connected to the higher realm so you can get information that you need for yourself but learning how to clean it up is essential for anybody who thinks they might be empathic, puts their hands in anyone else's energy field, a massage therapist, a, a chiropractor, anyone who does body work. Because chances are you're going to feel something, so you have to know how to get rid of it. So if you think, listeners, if you think you're empathic, if you think you have your clairsentient, if you think you can feel other things, other people, learn how to protect, cleanse, and, and just understand your energy field. I think that, um, as you mentioned to the caller, having Reiki treatments, at least uh, one or two from a, a practiced Reiki person, and then mm-hmm. them um, learning like what energy feels like. Uh, to be, yes. We're already feeling it, but recognizing them as the Reiki practitioner is working on you. Most of the times they'll tell you, do you feel this here? You have a block in this chakra, or you need to work on your root, or you've got a little constriction, or you're too open here. So understanding uh, and feeling can go a long way towards then preparing you to start personal work and ground and clearing and protection. I think it's kind of, it's not essential, but it sure could help. No, it's, yeah, I think there, anyone can learn Reiki and they should, because it, it also, as much as everyone is psychic, everyone can do Reiki because it's just a method of channeling energy that is really all around you right now. You just don't, you just don't experience it in the way that some of us do. The other thing is, Everyone should learn how to protect their energy field by, you know, grounding yourself every morning, centering yourself every morning, knowing who you are. Pull yourself back into your body. Feel your body. We are so involved with the material world and the social networking and everything that is outside of us that we have forgotten how to come inside. 
and learning how to ground, center, protect, clean will help you bring yourself back inside, know more about who you are physically, who you are in your soul aspect, and then you can work with that. Because as soon as you start working on yourself, you learn a little bit and you learn a little bit more and then maybe a little bit more. It does not mean that you're going to be a psychic. It doesn't mean you're going to quit your corporate job like I do. It doesn't mean you're going to do anything different than what you do in your life. It just means you will have more knowledge about your own physical senses and your own physical body. So I recommend those two things to everybody. Learn how to do Reiki. Learn how to protect your energy field. Well, you mentioned that awareness and the distractedness. I think that that's why most people don't realize when they're taking on other people's crap, so to speak, or the, the other people's energy of the world around us. You know, I mm-hmm. personally have been on a, a reduced TV diet for quite some time because I realized that um, things were weighing on me that just because I was participating, even watching the morning news, I just, it really didn't start my day off in a good place for me personally. And so I had to start looking at what I was ingesting of the world energy and start to remove layers of that. And, you know, in work, when my company that I was working for was in stressful times, when when the top is stressed, then everybody below you is stressed. And, like, realizing that I was taking that corporate energy of the office. If it's mm-hmm. months in and everybody's got to get their billable time in and everybody's at a high rate of you got to get this entered and we need to collect. And, we, you know, I just learning to say, no, it, my job is my job and I'm going to leave this energy at my job. And better yet, if that's the kind of uh, energy that is fostered in that environment, maybe it's not the best environment for me to be in personally. You know, so right. I started to unpack the things that I was doing in a more conscious manner. And I think that is the key is becoming conscious. And most of us walk around with a hurt knee and we don't think, oh, my knee is hurting, let me stop for a minute and see. We just assimilate and keep walking to go do the tasks and things that we need to do. You pop a couple Advil and you're good, right? (laughs) And keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if you're having, I mean, if you're having some really odd things happen, you know, chances are you're picking up energy from someone else. But understand that you don't have to be right next to them physically within two or three feet. This could be happening on the highway home when you're sitting in traffic. Because we live in Atlanta, there's traffic. So you have to really learn how to keep your space clean and clear where nothing else is going to come in. Because when you're sitting in this traffic, you know that someone's cussing. Somebody is not happy. Somebody's in a hurry to get home. Somebody's pissed off. They got some road rage. That's a very strong energy that can affect you. So even though you're sitting in your car by yourself and you're thinking, uh, say you just have this angry thought that comes out and you go, whoa, wait a minute, I'm I'm not angry. I wasn't angry. What happened? Understand that the negative emotions are very strong and they will get to you. So that could be anyone in the cars around you. 
As a matter of fact, it's probably half of the people in half of the cars around you <laughs> that are upset Wait, about you say, in rush hour traffic. Didn't you say you live in Atlanta, though? I think it's more than half here. <laughs> okay. Because rush right. hours are you know pretty what? brutal in Atlanta, so it could be everybody <laughs> is angry, right? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't travel that far anymore. So, okay, here's, here's one of the ways I used to combat that because I did, um, I had a 13-mile commute. A, I took back roads as much as I could B, I took music that I wanted to hear. I did not want to hear the DJs on the radio stations. I didn't want to hear about the weather and God knows I was sitting in traffic. You didn't have to tell me about it. So I used to take a CD of music that I wanted to listen to. You can do audiobooks. You can do whatever music you like. Listen to that instead. But before you leave that house, get okay with the, with the idea that, you know what? I'm going to hit traffic today. It's going to be the same cars around me, and I'm going to sit in my car and enjoy this ride. I'm going to do something that is enjoyable. I'm going to sing to my favorite songs. I'm going to do whatever it is to keep my energy positive because the light always, if it's strong enough, will always light up the dark, you know. But it's, just, it's hard to get there. It's a lot of work to get there. But I used to do my prayers in the morning, and they're not religious prayers. They are mind-body awareness prayers. But a prayer is the only thing I know what to call it. It's my thing that I do in the morning where I ground, I center, I protect. I spend some time, two or three minutes of meditation, just pull myself in, feel my body, where am I at, how do I feel, take these couple minutes to connect to my guides, to my angels, to the archangels, to all this wonderfulness that's out there. And then realize, okay, I'm going to get in the car. It's going to take me however long it takes me to get to work. But the problem is most people don't do that. Well, I was right? just thinking as you were saying it, yeah, it sounds like that's what you, you should pretend you're in your car or a bubble, whether you're in your car. Just like when you get up, you kind of, put your bubble of protection that then travels with you to your car. It's an ever-present kind of a bubble as you move yourself through your life by any means. Yeah, I used to bubble my car. I used to bubble my house. I used to bubble uh, my husband, myself, you know, just all kinds of stuff. You can send, you can send love and light and bubbles to everyone in your world. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a nice practice, actually. It kind of makes you feel good. It's funny because I've seen over the last couple of years those really big, clear, inflatable balls, and you'll see people inside the ball rolling down the hill playing, uh, like, weird games with each other, (laughs) tumbling up and down, but they're not hurt on the inside because it's kind of buoyant, and they're giggling and laughing, having this wild time bumping into stuff. And that's kind of how I envision when I do my positive, happy love bubble that same kind of thing that I'm going to bounce over the things that are rocks and stones and I'll roll down hills and I might collide with other people, but I'll be unharmed and I'll probably enjoy it a lot more since I'm in this little protective uh, space. <laughs> yeah, things. you know, that's it's a great analogy for me. That just makes me, you know, dizzy and makes me want to vomit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I should see that. <laughs> I'd rather I do I'd have just a, assume, 
I just assume stay upright. <laughs> well, so, yes. if you're in a bubbling, what a big you got to exit for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, bubbling is something that you hear in our world a lot. And for anyone who really doesn't know what that is, it's just putting white light around your energetic field. And your energetic field is your aura. Your aura is if you stretch your arms out to the sides as far as they can go, your aura goes from fingertip up over your head to fingertip all the way down under your feet and back up. So it's sort of egg-shaped, like an upside-down egg. Um, So it's one of those things where, you know, you just, it takes practice, it takes effort, and it takes learning about these different functionalities that we know in the medical, meta, metaphysical world to bring into your normal everyday life. Quote, unquote, normal. Sorry, I use that word again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's being an empath, now, being a psychic, it's... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that a lot of the stuff that we're talking about during the show, because we are in the information age, it really is wonderful because you can go out to Google or YouTube and put in these words like um, protect, ground yourself, um, yeah. energy bubble, protect your bubble. You can use these words, uh, heal your body, empath, and you will get information, of course, in, to the tune of thousands of search results. But as you start to listen to or read the materials, of course, we all know that everything is not true. So as you reach us, if it doesn't feel right, does not feel like it is helpful, or if you just even, you know, you just kind of get a, mm, I don't know about this feeling, honor that. And the beautiful thing is that you generally will be led to the information you need when you start to seek it. And that information right. can come in the form of people who you happen to have conversations with, uh, you know, who you happen to run into on the elevator, uh, things that you might see come across your Facebook feed. We think that some of this stuff is random, but really it is the uh, universe is putting before us some answers, breadcrumbs, if you will, that will help us ultimately get to something that will help us because the whole goal is that we actually become better at being our best selves through all of this. So everything's kind of working in concert to that. Once you start to step off your doorstep and out into the world, you don't need to necessarily be afraid. Just be open and discerning of what you're reading. Well, and quite honestly, it's it's already happening to you whether you know it or not. You are not moving through this world without your angelic team, okay? As a matter of fact, this morning, it's so funny, my Instagram post was about asking your angels for help. That's Monday through Friday, I pull a card and I do a little Instagram post. So today, it was ask your angels. So I want everyone to think about your angels and your spirit guides are your team. They're here for you. They're only here for you. But they're sitting on the bench on the sidelines, and you're in the middle of the field. All you have to do is say, guys, come join me. And they are just ready and willing to help you move through life easier. 
Because right now they're just Mm -hmm. sitting and watching a lot of people move through life who just keep making mistakes or having hardships because they're not engaging the realm that does exist and is just sitting and waiting. So just talk to your Mm -hmm. angels. You had imaginary imaginary friends as kids. Well, these are your um, imaginary adult friends. Talk to them. You don't have to know who they are. You don't have to know what they look like. You don't need to know their names. You can call them angels and spirit guides. That's all you need to do. And as soon as you start engaging, they will engage you. You just probably won't know it. You won't necessarily get it. But that twinge that you get, they do not hit you over the head with a hammer. 99 times out of 100, they do not hit you over the head with a hammer. It is a teeny little twinge. That's them. There are so many times you would want them to please smack me over the head with a hammer so I know that you're here and you're listening and you're helping, but they're not going to. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so like you said, now, when, when you're reading something, if it just doesn't sit right, that's okay. Read something else. Right. But that's your, that's now, your for the pers- right there. For the person, you know, I, I always try to listen with it, not just my ears, but for an ear to, for people who are not necessarily familiar with some of this stuff. So um, a lot of times I will also hear, well, I don't want to just open myself up to anything. How do I know that it's not a, air quote, demonic spirit that's just waiting, the devil is just waiting there for me to open the door for him and then he will wreak havoc in my life if I start listening to that voice. How do I know that it's an angel and that I'm not connecting with something that has uh, my demise at its goal? So okay, can you speak to that? It, it's, really, it's really, really simple. Your angels would never harm you. They would never allow you to put yourself in harm's way. They would never tell you to harm yourself or anyone else. Angels are all about love. So if the guidance you're getting doesn't feel like it's coming from a loving place, then it's not angelic or spirit guided. Now, if it's guidance, if it's information that you're not really keen on, that's not what I'm talking about. Because a lot of us want guidance the way we want it and how we want it, and we want it to actually fit with what our our left brain ego has said. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't, always happen 99 times out of 100 it's probably not going to happen but if you're getting information that is trying to tell you to hurt yourself or hurt someone else that is a darkness okay and that darkness is around you because you're having a lot of negative thoughts or you're you're concentrating on the negativity some people actually have negative attachments that we came came into this world with or god as children And we're so used to having them that we don't understand that they're not good for us. So listen to the message, okay? Because Mm -hmm. to say that I don't want to open myself up, well, you kind of have been all your life because you've been getting intuitive messages all your life. So if they've been good messages, chances are if you were to start talking to your angels and spirit guides, those messages would just get stronger, if you're having messages that are bad, maybe you should go talk to somebody. <laughs> you know? so, it's not that you're open now, did for you, the first time. Did you learn all of this 
that you're sharing and about yourself. Did you learn it through independent exploration, or did you go to a class, a formal class for this? I have gone to lots and lots of classes because, as I said, the psychic world fascinated me. So, you know, I would go take a class here and there. I couldn't even tell you all the ones I did, but there are, especially in Atlanta, there are a few stores that offer classes. There are metaphysical places that offer classes. And I used to just go take ones that interested me. So what did I do? I took a psychic development class because it interested me. I thought, well, this would be fun. I took it while I was in corporate America, not thinking anything about it. I was like, yeah, I'll take this class. Why not? So, I, yeah, I've taken a lot of classes. I've read a lot of books. I have listened to those who've come before me. I've listened and I've asked questions from people who knew more than I did, who were, as I said, further along the journey than I was. They'd already experienced things. Um, there's a lot of knowledge out there. It's just not all written down. You have to go be with, as we say, like-minded people. So you have to go hang out with us weirdos and talk about astrology and numerology and clairsentience and clairaudience and cards and, and books and, and, you know, pentagrams. And we, you know, we talk about all these things. So come have a bizarre little conversation with us. You might learn something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever encounter, did you ever encounter a, a class or something that you were like, it just didn't deliver for you or that was bunk, if you will, or that you felt was either, I won't say a waste because nothing is ever wasted, but you understand where I'm going, right? I I do understand what you're saying, and I will tell you that there are some things in the metaphysical world that don't interest me. Like I told Katie, if you're interested in Reiki, go learn about it. Okay, I'm not interested in astrology. I don't take classes on it. I don't think it's bunk. I just, it doesn't float my boat. Numerology doesn't mean anything to me. I can read the books. I can go online and see what number five means. That's all great and dandy. It's not something that interests me. Have I met people along my path that I thought were not as gifted as they thought they were? Absolutely. Have I met people who are amazing? Absolutely. I, I've been introduced to so many different things, uh, chimes and um, different, I forget, they're tuning forks, that's what they are. Tuning mm-hmm. forks, the, the John of God light bed. I mean, experiencing different things along the way. Just go experience it. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. But if it is, you might find something that you want to read about. I like. I think I've read probably half a dozen of Sylvia Brown's books. Mm-hmm. I go to the library. Go to the library. They have a lot of books. I've read books by um, James Van Prague. I've read Wayne Dyer. I've read Bringers of the Dawn about the Palladians. You know, you read Eckhart Tolle. You read Brian Weiss. See what's interesting to you and what sits well. I am actually rereading my books from my psychic development class because I took that seven years ago before I ever worked as a psychic, before I even thought about it. And I thought, well, now Uh it's four years later. 
I'm working, I've worked as a psychic, I'm working in that field, I may, I may pick up something that didn't make sense to me seven years ago. It may make a lot more sense to me now. So, right, divine timing, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can't grasp that whole Abraham talking through Esther Hicks, probably not something that you should listen to, but the law of attraction is the information that's been given, and it's, it's awesome information. But it has, to, it has to come when you're ready. And that's why some journeys take a long time. Some journeys don't. It's all in what we've worked out. My journey has, I mean, technically it started 15 years ago, but from the time I left corporate till the time I realized that I could actually do this was three years. And now it's been another four years that I'm still learning. There's so much that's fascinating still that I want to, I want to research and, and know about. Will I specialize in it? No, nah, probably not. But it's interesting to me. And now that right. I've been in this field for a while, it, you just read it differently when you've been in the field for a while, when you've been doing it. But go mm-hmm. find stuff that's interesting. And, and you know what? For a lot of people who say, well, I'm never going to read a book like that, in order to develop your intuition, go do what you love. Just go do what you love. If you love to dance, go dance. If you like to, if you want to learn how to knit, go do it. Whatever your soul is driving you to, if you do it, your intuition will automatically develop. Will it develop to a point that you can't handle it? Never. It's impossible. The universe doesn't work that way. You're only right. going to get what you can handle. So mm-hmm. you can take a psychic development class and only use it for yourself for, for inner knowledge. Or you can take it and become a psychic. You could go learn how to throw pottery, and, and your intuition may blossom to the point that you actually know you're a psychic. You don't ever have to work in that field, though. You can use it for yourself. So go with your passion. Follow, follow your soul drive, and your intuition will develop naturally. I always like it to say, you know, turn on, tune in to your internal GPS, all this navigation and guidance that is there for you to use, but you don't necessarily then have to go be a tour guide for other people <laughs> to Correct. navigate them through that space. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, I, I do. For those of apparently... You- I was going to say, it's apparently my job in life to be a tour guide. (laughs) (laughs) To get in the ticket, right? And I wanted to share, if you're in the Atlanta area, um, uh, if you check out my Facebook page, The Vibrarian, there are events that are happening that um, I'm sponsoring um, known as the Vibrary Elevation Station. And these are events where you could go to talk with the people who are talking this kind of stuff, and you can uh, see vendors who are doing um, crafts, gifts, handmade goods that are made out of, if you're that potter who has made beautiful pottery work that wants it uh, coming from your creative or sacral energetic space, then more than likely you're going to be a vendor that you would encounter at one of my elevation stations. 
And one of the components is that there is uh, what would be known as a mini psychic fair, but you can sit, have an opportunity to sit down. Uh, of course, it is a fee-based service uh, because these are professional readers who are offering this just as much as a coach or therapist or other doctor even would. But you can sit down with a variety of people who are using their gifts in very unique ways and have a reading for yourself and then understand what it is like to be on the receiving end of a person who has fully open to this fifth dimension kind of uh, guidance who can deliver that guidance to you if you are not tuned in and opened up all the way. So, you know, a psychic reading looks like a lot of different things um, depending on the way that the gift of the person is expressing. So. For you, what does, um, uh, as a professional psychic reader, what does a uh, person who sits down with Stacey, what does that look like? Well, they had better be ready for the truth. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an aspect to my reading that I've been told I'm very direct and I've been told that I pull no punches. So, you know, it's really simple. We all, use, we all use different divination tools, and that means very simply you're going to see us using different types of card decks. You're going to see some people not using card decks at all, but maybe uh, a pendulum, which is a, a crystal on the end of a, a string, essentially, okay? We might, they might have just different tools. Astrology is a tool that people use. Uh, palm reading is another it's a way of doing readings for you. So at my table, the first thing you're going to see is my psi cards. My psi cards are based on the psychology of Carl Jung. And these really resonated with me because I am a psychology major. I have my bachelor's in psychology. This, this brain of ours, the way it works has always fascinated me. And tarot cards never made any sense to me. There are people who read playing cards. They never made sense to me either. But these side cards just, again, were like a part of me, and they were so easy for me to read and understand. And I use them as a tool to access your energy field. So you're going to sit down at my table. I'm actually going to hand you the cards and tell you to mix them. And then you're going to hand them back to me, and I'm going to lay them out, and we're going to talk about what your question is. And if you pay attention to what I'm saying, you're going to realize I'm not reading the cards. The cards are merely a way to open up that energetic highway between the two of us. And I'm going to tell you everything that I get, the way that it is given to me, it is not my place to filter out anything. It is not my place to word it differently, because the words that they're giving me are words that are going to hit home with you. They may not be words I would ever use, but you're going to understand them, and they're going to hit your soul right where they need to be hit. So basically, it's, it's just a different divination tool, my side cards, but I'm going to tell you everything that I get. And we're going to, we're going to dialogue, absolutely dialogue, because it, it should raise questions for you. What I say should raise more questions. You should be engaged in the reading. You should be asking, well, what does this mean? 
you know, you should be engaged with the psychic doing the reading, not just sit there and listen. You should have, so you should have more questions. Process. Absolutely. It is. All of, my, all of my things are, and that is just the way that they give it to me. My classes, they're going to be in person because you're going to be partaking in what we're doing. You might be one of my little guinea pigs, but you're going to partake in this class in a, in a very physical manner. You're going to participate with me. Um, Reiki, of course, it's, it's cooperative. I could sit there mm-hmm. and do Reiki on somebody, never say a word, but it really, I find, is not as helpful as talking about what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing, and then you getting involved with how it relates to you and let's clear. Let's clear this junk out. You came to me for a reason. You want to clear the junk out? You want an answer? I'll give it to you the best I can. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. actually, the way I was just the way I was just speaking, <laughs> it's a lot like the way I do my readings. <laughs> I can attest to that because I've had one of your readings, and I was like, "Wow, we're moving fast, and this is quick." I mean, it was a great value because uh, you know I was. You know, paying for a service uh, because you're a professional. You know, so I wasn't just asking Susie on the on the checkout line what she thought. I was trying to connect very specifically, and I mean, you delivered rapidly and and quickly and directly, <laughs> and it was a lot of action stuff that came out of that conversation, which I was very appreciative of. So, <laughs> happy client here. <laughs> So, you're you're uh, paying you're paying for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, like show, you said. Well, I was going to say that one of the components of this show is that if our the readers that are special guests that they are open to it and if their uh, gift aligns in this way, we do have an opportunity to have uh, many readings for our callers. Um, some of our previous readers have been able to. Uh, uh, deliver directly on the air as they talk back and forth. And as Stacey and I were preparing for this show, we thought it would be better to have just a single caller this evening to be able to have um, a reading with her. But because we're trying to avoid dead air time, what we're going to do is bring the, uh, the caller on and, and introduce each other, you know, them to Stacey, and then the two of them will uh, go online for just a couple moments to get some background, personal information cleared, and then um, Stacey will come back on, and with the caller's permission, this is on air, and so it will not be overly, uh, if there's anything sensitive, of course, then I would ask that, of course, you being an ethical reader, you would not do that anyway. So, and of course, the guys are they already know what we're doing, that we're on the air this evening, so I think that everything will be okay. But uh, we ran a, I ran a promotion on my Facebook page, The Vibrarian, and I asked for people to like and share the post and that I would draw a name from those that did. And so this evening our uh, recipient of the complimentary mini-reading is Monica. So, Monica, I believe I have you on the line. Are you there? Monica. Yeah, I'm here. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Hi. Congratulations and thank you so much for being a member of the Good Vibe Tribe and supporting 
the show by sharing it with your Facebook network. And uh, what we're going to do is have you and Stacy connect offline for just a couple moments and then give us a call back. Um, and we'll, we'll get you back live on the air after you've had your preliminary. And uh, I just thank you for participating this evening and being willing uh, to, to have this experience so that people can see what it is like to receive this particular style of reading. Oh, no, I do appreciate the opportunity for me, um, especially in the things that are going on right now. And it's always a knowledge transfer. I've been sitting here. I'm got I'm three pages in with notes just listening from when you started to this point. So to me, it's just a blessing to be able to understand who I am, but able to or to be able to build um be able to build speeches to be able to talk about my experiences and show people like you really need to understand that the universe speaks in so many different ways. Don't box yourself up. You know, so yes, it's very true. Well, I will let the two of you uh, head on out to have your background conversation, and we'll just be back with you in a couple moments. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you. Okay, so this is the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, uh, Joelle, also known as the Vibrarian. And we've been having a conversation this evening with Stacy Corbin. Stacy is a psychic, she's empathic, which we have been talking a lot about empathy or clairsentience, which is uh, psychic feeling uh, as one of our senses. And I would definitely love to encourage you all that sometimes it can feel very unusual because you're starting to realize that maybe there's more to your life than what you expected. And it can be somewhat isolating, and you may begin to doubt what you're seeing and or hearing or feeling. So I encourage all of you to reach out, and if you have a really trusted friend, excuse me, or if you have an opportunity to go to one of the metaphysical bookstores in Atlanta, um, I always say with my community is your vibe attracts your tribe. So if you have kind of come to a place where maybe you're hearing things, and in my case, I was hearing um, songs, and it was kind of weird because I started to realize it wasn't just me remembering my 80s MTV years. I realized that the songs were somewhat appropriate to whatever the situation was happening. But sometimes it was somewhat humorous. And I had to realize I was not just cracking myself up, that somebody else was cracking me up. And as I started to then explore this, I discovered that there is such a thing as clear audience, which is where you can hear either talking or an inside voice or music um, in your actual inner hearing, and that this was part of the realm of psychic abilities. And once I heard that word, it's like it turned on a switch for me, and I, I began to explore and then I discovered there were other clairvoyance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, 
clear feeling, clear seeing, clear hearing, that there was even such a thing as clear gustance, which is tasting something, which is very uh, interesting as well. So as I started to um, realize, once you get out of your cell and start to realize I could not possibly be the only person that this is happening to, and then you start to admit and disclose to others, then you'll find that you're not the only person who has gone through this and that people will be at different stages of their awakening and awareness and they're more than willing to help you and to share, just like our guests are sharing on this show, about what their pathway has been to lead them and there will guarantee the information that will help you take steps on your own journey to discovery. Because as I said at the beginning, everyone is psychic. We are innately born connected to the higher energy outside of ourselves. So uh, I just am so excited to be able to bring you this show. Every week we're here on Tuesday night from 9 to 11, and we're featuring psychics, not just in the Atlanta area, but you're going to be hearing from people around the country who are all as unique as we are as people are all expressing their gifts and abilities in very, very unique ways. So I'm really excited this evening, and I believe that we have Stacy back on the line. Stacey? Yes, yes, we're here. Okay. You were able to connect with Monica then and get some basic information? Yeah, Monica, you're yes. here, right? Everybody yes, okay. ma'am. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, we have about 20 minutes left, let's say, uh, we'll say 15, so that we can do our okay. housekeeping at the end. But um, I will okay. let you kind of take the wheel from here, Stacey. Thank you. Okay. Um, for the listeners, I just told you that I use side cards, and I'm mixing them up. And what we went offline to do is really simple. I always do a little prayer before I do readings. I like to talk to the person just for a minute, just, hi, how you doing, whatever, because it helps me get into their energy. Because, again, I'm a feeler, so if I can get into your energy, I can connect with you on a level that is probably different than a lot of what you've experienced. So Monica and I did that. And, Monica, your question was about work and money, right? Yes. Okay. Well, cash flow. That's a, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are money and cash two different things? Because I thought. Well, it's thing. because I don't want to have to work that. You know, I mean, I want to work within my passion. Sure. So there you go. Absolutely. And for anybody out there who wants to work in your passion, I'd tell you something. Just don't quit your day job. Okay. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. Find your passion. Take classes. Figure it out. Now for you. Oh, you're still in this phase of, of of hibernation in your brain. Your brain is so hibernating, going, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do, and going to this kind of a dark place that just says, you're kind of overthinking it is what I feel like, okay? Um, all right, Joelle, are we having a problem here? Uh, I'll just give you a Joelle. little bit of crackery. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Are you hearing us okay? 
Yes, I was getting just a little bit of crackly feedback. Um, it, I think maybe uh, I could hear your words coming and going a little closer and further away. So I just wanted to bring that to your awareness real quickly. Excuse the interruption. Okay. No, I appreciate that. Okay. Um, I'm on a corded headset. I've got it in front of me, so hopefully this works oh. out. Okay. So, all right, Monica, so you're still in your head about it, and you're still in this place of, I really don't know what to do, which way to go. There's still a lot of thoughts going on, okay? And the underlying drive for you to do this is you're so, you're trying to find the balance, but the balance you're looking for is outside of yourself, and we need to change that. The balance you're looking for is inside yourself, but since money is outside of yourself, it makes sense, right? But this is about work. So for work, you have to say, my passion is this and this is what I want to do. And then you have to backtrack to figure out how to get there. So when I say to everybody, don't quit your day job, it's because your day job is going to facilitate you learning how to do that passion thing and make money at it. So you have to change and think of your daily day job in, in a passionate way as well. You have to be grateful for it, love it. So find that balance within yourself about your work, okay? And, and get out of your head because you're, you're way too deep in your head about this whole thing. You know that you have the skills to move forward. You're looking for the messages, and I can tell that you're a feeler. You feel things in your body, right? Right, yeah. Right, right. So your messages are coming through your body. And you have to be able to decipher what is the message. And that just comes with practice because everybody's going to feel. If you're a feeler, everyone feels a little differently. Mm-hmm. So knowing, knowing where you are energetically, and then when you pose the question to spirit, knowing how you feel the answer, okay? If it makes you feel queasy, the answer is going to be like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. (laughs) If it makes you feel good, the answer is on the positive side. So it might just be a positive negative without being an entire dialogue of information. And when, when you can figure that out for yourself, that's when you, you become your own hero, Mentally, everything changes for you when you can do that because you've suddenly figured out an aspect of yourself that you go, oh, my God, I don't believe I I couldn't see this. So you have to, working on your body and the way you get messages is the biggest thing because that's how you hear them. And then you can conquer all. Okay? And at that point, you have to you're going to backtrack a little like a lot of us do. And you're going to go, okay, I've got it for now, but is it really going to be this way? Do I really have it? Do I really figure it out? So there's going to be a little doubt in there. Don't worry about it. You'll come back. Yeah, you'll come back to that state of, wait a minute, I really like to feel good like that. I want to go feel good, so I'm going to go feel good. (laughs) To to, To a certain extent, for those of us who feel, it, it, it's very difficult sometimes in the beginning to decipher what is it that I'm feeling because your ego is involved. Your left brain, your ego is involved. Psychic work, all this stuff is on the right side. It's the creative side. So 
tell your ego, hey, I'm good, I got this. Just sit down for a few minutes and let me just feel myself without the brain kicking in going, you know we need to do laundry this weekend. Can you put milk on the grocery list? You know? <laughs> you got to shut it down. Okay. Um, when it comes to your money, uh, there's still a little bit of a blockage there. You're in the right place in the in the respect that you know what to do with it and money makes you feel good. I mean, it's a drive. Money makes us all feel good and that's great, but do you actually know how to handle it? So that's a good thing. But what I what I feel is there's still a little bit of a blockage simply because there's that aspect of you don't have enough right now and that negativity is coming forward. It's really, really hard sometimes to fake it till you make it, to, to act like you have a lot of money or you have enough and then some when you really don't. Because there's a little nagging voice in your head that goes, but you don't. You don't have that money. Don't act mm-hmm. like you do. You don't have it. Now, I'm not saying go spend it. I'm saying act like you have it. Okay. And it's and I feel like that's actually going to help your body. So how much of a feeler are you? Well, um, there's no doubt I'm an empath. Mm. And I have a tendency to be so much of a giver that I don't balance what I retain well. Um, One person said, I eat off myself. That's an interesting way to phrase that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, when it was said to me, I understood exactly, you know. But to me, it was like, it's almost like I don't want to feed off of anyone else because that's wrong because I don't know how much I'm depleted. So, you know, that can go either way. Or, you know, if I'm not sure about their energy, I'm definitely not going to. And it's kind of hard with that because I hear I hear people's thoughts. You know, when I'm in the room with them, I can literally hear their thoughts. Okay. So, it, you know, that whole, you know, isolation but wanting to mm-hmm. be involved sometimes becomes an issue for me. Okay. Two things that are really critical that are coming to me. One is balance. You talk about it right now. You have to find your balance in these situations. I spend most of my time home with my husband because I love it. It, it, It's wonderful for me. The other thing is you're not feeding off of anyone else's energy. Feed off the universal energy and you will always be at 100%. And that way what you give, you give the universal energy. You don't give your own energy away ever to anybody. I don't care who they are or they came out of your own body. You never give your energy away. You channel if you want to channel the universal energy. But if not, you simply ask the universe, please send love to this person, send healing to this person. Ask the universe to do it and it will be done. But you don't give of yourself. If you want to give your knowledge if you want to uh, do something like Reiki and channel it and, and help and give that way, that's fine. But you are depleting yourself to the point that you physically hurt. And that doesn't help anybody because, frankly, your energy doesn't belong on anybody else. 
So giving someone your energy doesn't help them. It actually hurts them. Okay. And you should never be trying to suck energy off of anyone else. Suck it off the universe. There is enough to go around. Here's the other aspect of work and money. There is so much abundance in this world on every level that you need it on that never, ever feel like you don't deserve the things that you want. And things that you want could be spiritual. They could be physical. It doesn't matter. As long as you believe that the universe didn't create a finite amount of anything, there's more money. There's more material possessions. There's more spirituality. There are even more angels that you can call on other than your band of angels if you wanted to. There's more than enough for every person on the face of the earth to have and be wealthy in every sense of the word. So when you say you don't want to take because you're afraid you might be taking from someone else, that's a area that you need to work on because that thought process is based in a lack of, and you can fill in the blank, lack of money, lack of love, lack of, okay. lack of whatever. Okay? okay. Right. And because you're a feeler and a pretty mm-hmm. powerful one at that, you're just you're just drained. I mean, I feel like you just are so heavy. I feel like your body is just so heavy that all you could do is sit there and slouch. That's what you feel like to me. Yeah. It's just it's one of those cartoon characters, like oh, and you're just yeah. slouched over. Yeah, and I and I think it's just is I've been doing you know you know not cleansing and doing things properly, and and that was you know the main reason of getting the education. Because certain things, certain infrastructures don't teach you. So, and I think it's just the whole weight of it just really kind of hit me, and it's like, ugh. Do you take Do you take salt baths? Do you know about sea salt? mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, not as much as I I should, but you know, I mean, and that was something that we had talked about. Before, but again, it's you know learning education and. Mhm. Mhm. Now, you are start. You are not starting at ground zero, and working your way up. You're actually in a deficit, and you're working towards getting back to zero. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna have to work a little more consciously and a little bit. I hate the word harder, but you're gonna have to spend more time at it. You're gonna have to work more consciously of. Let me clear stuff out and let me fill myself. So the way you fill yourself is you ask the universe to fill you with their light, their energy. See your chakras. Make them the right color. Ask that white light of the universe to fill your body up and energize you. And you're going to have to do this a lot because, like I said, you're at a negative 10 and you've got to get back to zero before you can even start balancing your world. It's no wonder why you feel so out of balance in, in two main aspects of your life, which are money and work. All of this, all of this is just it's weighing you down. It's like having the flu and trying to go to work. It's exhausting. So you need to take the time to um, 
work on yourself. And if that means you don't see anybody for a little while, that's fine. If it means you only see one person, have a one-on-one once in a while, you know, instead of a group activity, that's okay. Because you know what? If your friends are your friends, they're always going to be there for you. And they should understand. You know, you're just having a hard time figuring out who you are. It was difficult for me to come out of the closet, okay? I mean, if you've heard my story, I was corporate America. Um, It's hard to see yourself different than that, and you're afraid that the people around you are not going to accept you. But you have to start living the truth of who you are. You have to start speaking it, learning about it, cleansing, doing all these things until you feel replenished. But the universe is here for you. They're here to help you. Your, your guides are just like banging me on the head with trying to get it through to you that they are here to help you. So I hope you hear that. Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. We have about a minute left. So I'd say is there anything else, but... You know, we have about a minute left. <laughs> I apologize. Well, no, I mean, you really kind of, you know, summed it up about, you know, getting the clean, cleansing and that whole, um, you know, it's it's understandable to know, to, to know that I'm below zero. Right. You know, and you keep, when you're in a, it's almost like I've been on autopilot for a minute now. Right. And even now it's starting to choke up a little bit. So it's be very conscious of it. Be very conscious of what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're saying and who you're around. It might feel exhausting in the beginning, but doing what you're doing is more exhausting. Okay. Okay. Well, well I kinda of feel like I hit that stop button anyway, so okay. I'm kinda of clearing my like some of the things that you're saying is how things are starting to develop like that. My environment is starting to shape like that now so but now I understand why it was doing it and um, not realizing and some of the things just come natural to me and sometimes I just need to get another confirmation that so I understand this is exactly what it is so you know for me it's just confirmation and knowing that like you said I got to come completely and totally out the closet about who and what I am and be able to be okay if people don't understand my way of thinking. That's fine. You know, yeah. If people flow out of your life, there will be others who come in who are on the same vibration as you. So you will have that acceptance. It just might be from someone you don't even know yet. Okay. But you will always have that acceptance. So don't don't fret too much about that. But I, I know we're, I know we're done. I know we're done with timing. So I just want to thank you so much for – um, calling in for sharing for talking with me tonight it's been wonderful and I just have to throw this back to Joelle okay I really appreciate it and I receive it wholeheartedly um, you have a blessed one thank you you too Monica thank you so much for again participating on the Facebook page and for uh, supporting and spreading the good word uh, we do appreciate it and this is the Psychic Inside Show, and I'm your host, the Vibrarian, Miss uh, Joelle, Miss J, as some people call me. And we have been having an amazing conversation this evening with Stacy Corbin, 
Stacey, uh, your business name is Fundamental Connections, and you mentioned that you're on Instagram and, and you have several ways that people can get in contact with you. Would you give us your, you know, where people can come to you for readings and other services? Absolutely. The best way, there are two ways to contact me, and that's my email address, which is stacy.fundcon at gmail. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y dot F as in Frank, U-N-D-C-O-N-N at gmail. My phone number is 404-409-4563. And, of course, it's the, it's the phone that I use all the time for my reading, so please, if you get my voicemail, leave a message. I will call you back. My Instagram, if you want to follow me, is psychic underscore Stacy. I, I, I post a card Monday through Friday. It's hopefully to help whoever reads it, enjoy it. And um, I do the Elevation Station fairs. So stay with the librarian and find out when the fairs are because I'm always there. <laughs> Yes, you're very popular, I will say, and uh, in listening to the reading that you provided this evening, it sounded a lot like, uh, I was like, are you talking to her or are you talking to me? <laughs> you know, uh, some of the things that you were saying. <laughs> but uh, it, um, definitely uh, people got an opportunity to see your style of fast-moving. That was pretty fast-moving and direct. There was a lot given in the, the 10, 12 minutes that you took with her. So and I also let people see that if, uh, uh, you know, sometimes people hesitate to pay for services like coaching and things of that nature, but you can see that um, I think that your, uh, Monica found it helpful, and hopefully you'll check back in with us on a later show, Monica, and let us know how things are for you. But also I want to reiterate that when you receive this guidance, then a lot of times our inner our guides and our angels have already been telling us, and we are more aware than what we think we are, which is why when you receive your reading, you say, you know, this is really just confirming for me some things I already was feeling. Thank you for the kick of the pants that kind of pushed me forward, or thank you for clarifying some things that I might have been a little unclear about. So it really is almost very validating in a way when you do have that clear, direct guidance from uh, the higher places that affirms you're along the path that you thought you were on. Uh, that's one of the things that I always find after reading. I feel pretty good, even if the information is challenging that I receive. So in our last minute, Stacey, did you have anything that you wanted to tell our, our listening audience before we close out this evening? I just want to thank them all for listening and to understand that I'm as normal as anybody else. I do the grocery shopping, I clean the house, I do the cooking. So not to think that psychics are any different than what you are. We just do something different. We do it in a different way. Thank you so much, Stacey, for coming on this evening and for uh, sharing with the Good Vibe Tribe. This has been the Psychic Inside Show, and I hope that you will join me again next week on Tuesday evening where we will feature another everyday person who is open to their psychic and gifts and abilities to 
is using them in real life on a day-to-day basis. I wish you all a wonderful week. Make sure you connect with us on Facebook, and namaste.